You are listening to Epic Church San Francisco's podcast. How is everybody this morning? All right, you guys ready to have fun this morning? Awesome. You probably are because you don't have to stand up here and talk about what I'm going to talk about today. So you are probably ready to, to rock and roll, and I'm thinking of how I can put it off, like just small talk. Hey, we kicked off this series last week. Really, I just said, whoever can come up with the best series idea, I'll, I'll talk about it. And uh, so this guy came up with that video, and I thought, all right, let's talk about it. Um, but honestly, we kicked off this series, Bring Your Best, last week. And, and what we said last week is that what if, we asked the question, really, what if we as a church and us as individuals, what if we could really go all in in 2012? Even if we weren't in with God at all coming into last week, or, or what if we were uh, kind of in and out at times? What if we, we said, what if 2012 could be the year where we really latch on and go, God, I honestly, I'm not going to do it perfect, but I really want to do life your way. And many of you wrote on your cards last week that you wanted to go all in this year. And so our staff, when we tell you we pray for you, we, that's not like, we're not, this, that's not me being the preacher that lies from the stage, at least at that moment, all right? Or any other moment, hopefully. But um, we prayed for you guys by name. And so to get the cards, it, we probably prayed for you, many, more of you this past week than we have before, and so, uh, which is a great privilege. And so we think if you're going and I'm going to go all in with God this year, we wanted to kick the next two weeks off by talking about things that will challenge us going all in with God. So this morning, uh, with hopefully a lot of grace and courage, I'm going to talk about relationships. That's right. You can run now if you want to, but I will call you by name. Um, <laughs> And the security is already locked the door. So, uh, and then next week, we're going to talk about money. Because here's what I believe. First of all, we're, we're teaching out of the book of Malachi. It addresses these two uh, topics. But I also believe two of the greatest barriers uh, that will determine maybe whether you and I can really go all in with God will be dependent on, upon how we do relationships and how we deal with our money. We cannot go all in with God and have it not affect our relationships, especially those that are the closest ones to us. And so uh, I also want to say that this morning is for all of us, regardless of where you are on the relational spectrum. And so in our church, we have single people, we have divorced people, we have remarried, we have people that are dating, we have people that just got into a relationship, asking hard questions already. We have people that just got out of relationships. Some of you had your first dates this weekend. And some of you, if you were honest, would say the only reason you're here this morning is because you're looking for a relationship. So that's all right. Write that on your card. We've got some, some great matchmaking services. There's a little fee. <laughs> There's a little fee if it works out, all right? That's all I'm saying. But wherever you're at on the relational spectrum this morning, if you're the person like you, you, if you think you have all the tips because you've been in so many, or you're the person, or you're the person, we've got news for you too, but or you're the person that, that ha, you just you run from that idea, I want to talk to all of us, and I say all of us, I'm, that's not me just doing the, the inclusive us and not really meaning myself, I'm really meaning myself. Man, I've, I've had a couple of weeks to deal with the subject matter we're looking at today, and so, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I am in this. I need this this morning, even if no one else does, and, and our church is, this is what's really fun. Our church is, just look around, our church is full of single people and people who've been divorced, remarried, people that are dating. I mean, we're all over the spectrum. We have people in our church who've lost a spouse to death or, or for some other reason in the past even couple of years. And so we're, we're really all over the relational spectrum. And so I hope that you this morning will come just with a heart open. And I'm not asking you to agree with everything I say, but what I'm trying to do is give us things that will be helpful to us, try to lay out what I believe God has laid out clearly for us. So I want to do that this morning. The very first thing I want to say is this. God is extremely interested in how we live in relationship with each other. So if you think, well, God, I do this vertical thing with God. I'm going to talk about this a lot. So when I do this with my arm this morning, I'm talking about vertical, us and God. Um, and, and, but you may be like, but my, the horizontal thing's up to me. 
Listen, God is extremely interested in how you and I live in relationship with each other. Friendship-wise, yes, but even greater than that, in the most committed and covenant relationships that we have here, um, dating relationships, marriage relationships, God's very interested. And again, I'll say this, that you and I can't be all in with God all the way around and have it not affect our closest relationships. That's impossible to be all in with God and say, this is, this is going to be great here, but I, I, I do something different over here when it comes to my horizontal relationships. It's impossible if we're going all in with God for it not to affect how we do life with other people in our lives. The entire series for Bring Your Best is rooted in the book of Malachi. It's the last book in the Old Testament. If you've got a Bible, feel free. This is one of those free passes, use your table of contents kinds of books of the Bible. So feel free to do that. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and our awesome volunteers will place one into your hands. You can get the Bible on your smartphone or iPad or whatever you bring to service with you. We use the ESV, the English Standard Version, here in our teaching and, and other publication here at Epic. So that's what we're handing you. That's what I'd recommend if you want to follow along. But if, if you've got another good, reliable translation, obviously feel free to use that. If you're getting one of those gift Bibles, the text this morning is on page 519. And we're going to be in Malachi chapter two. We'll start with verse 10. When, as you guys are turning there, please feel free to stand with us. I'm going to read verses 10 and 11, and then we'll skip down and read verse 16. And then, man, let's get after. What does God expect from us and for us in our relationships? So here we go, Malachi chapter two, verses 10 and 11. The prophet says this. Remember, he's speaking on behalf of God, about 400 BC. He's speaking to the people of God in Israel, and he says, have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another? What a question. Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? Judah has been faithless, and abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign God. Skip down to verse 16. For the man who does not love his wife but divorces her, the actual Hebrew there is hates and divorces her, says the Lord, the God of Israel, covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in your spirit and do not be faithless. You may have a seat. Before I get to talking about how you and I do relationships, I want to say this, and it'll be on the screen, but God's expectations for us reveal the reality of who he is. So, so before God's expectations for our life say something to us and about us, and they do, and we'll talk about that the remainder of the time, they say something about God. So when God says, be a covenant-keeping person inside your relationships and inside your marriages, what he is saying to us is, I am a covenant-keeping God when I get into relationship. God swears by himself all throughout the scriptures. He's entering into all kinds of covenant with his people, which he's done with those of us who are Christians this morning through Jesus. Remember, Jesus brings this new covenant it. We're no longer performing for God, sacrificing for God. Jesus uh, does the sacrifice and then, and then we get in. But relational faithlessness is a huge deal to God. Relational faithlessness, before it hurts you, before it hurts me, before it affects us, it's a huge deal to God. And here's why. It goes completely against who he is. Not only does it go completely against who he is, it goes against what he wants from us and what he wants for us. Depending on your background, maybe with church or religion or even things you've read in the Bible and things you've heard other people claim the Bible says, many of us, when it comes to relationships, we feel like we've got to be perfect at them, that God only wants something from us. Like we gotta do this, do this, do this. While he does want something from us, God also wants something for us. 
God wants something good for us. He wants blessing for us. And here's when I, when I say faithlessness this morning, here's what I mean. Faithlessness meaning to act unfaithfully with respect to a prior agreement or covenant. The word covenant, it shows up in the Bible, and it's hard for us with our English language to really get at the heart of what this means. But in its simplest definition, it's just an agreement that's binding between two parties or individuals. And so when God enters covenant, he wants us to keep our covenant to him, but he's always keeping his covenant. In fact, the scriptures say that even when we are faithless, God is still faithful, which is pretty amazing because most of us have grown up, even if we've heard or been in church a long time, we've grown up believing that if I do this, God will do that. But if I do this, then God will act just like I do. Aren't you glad that God doesn't respond to us by acting just like we act? That's a very good thing this morning. Aren't you glad that God doesn't, now I know you're Mr. or Miss Perfect, but aren't you glad that God doesn't do relationship with us sometimes like we do it with him and with each other? That's a really, really good thing this morning. So I want, I want to point that out. So covenant is just this binding agreement, but, but God takes it really serious. And Malachi says in verse 10, How is it possible that God created us, we all call him father, and yet we are faithless to each other? Now, I'm going very elementary. A lot of smart people in here, so check that at the door just for a second. Very elementary. If we, you and I, call the same person father, what does that mean about you and I? Stay basic. Right, your brother, your sister, right? We have that. And so what Malachi the prophet is saying on behalf of God, how do you all say father? How do you all call me creator? And yet you're faithless to one another. This doesn't make sense because God's not just interested in this covenant. He's interested in this covenant. And they're being faithless to each other. And, they're, they're, and not only are they faithless to each other, the people in Israel, the men, they begin to forsake the wives that they've made a covenant commitment with, and they begin to pursue wives, new wives, who are worshiping a foreign god. So they're not just pursuing women who have no opinion about their God. They're pursuing women who have no, uh, not only no opinion about their God, but have a hatred for and are worshiping some foreign god. It's like, how, how is this possible? Because God intends for marriage to be a covenant whereby a man and a woman become one. And so here's the big deal. So when you get to the things like verse 16 and, and we grapple with, uh, again, I, I read this earlier, but the Hebrew text there in verse 16 is really um, for the man who hates and divorces his wife. All right. The reason divorce is something God isn't a fan of, it's not just about divorce. God isn't a fan of relational faithlessness in any form. Because it goes against his very character. It goes against his very nature. And he wants something better, not just from you. Don't just feel guilty this morning. Feel encouraged. He doesn't just want it from you. He wants something for you. He wants to give you something that's good, that's life-giving, that's filled with joy, that's satisfying in the way it was intended to be satisfying. But he's saying here, man, these Israelites, they become incredibly casual in their relationships. And hear this, God isn't into take-it-or-leave-it relationships. Now, understand that I know as you're dating someone, I don't think you need to make lifelong commitments on the first date, all right? So stop texting her, all right? Like you're like, I know we just went out Thursday, but the pastor just said, you're good, all right? But here's, here's what I mean. When we get to that point where we decide, okay, we know as much as we can know about this person, at least at this stage, we've evaluated how we feel about this person. God isn't a huge fan of us, so us being extremely casual in our relationships, with people that we want to get all we can get from them, but we don't want to provide the kind of covenant commitment that God asks us to provide. And I know, 
I know how the rest of the world does relationships, all right? I've been second or third in the line at Safeway and read the tabloids. You're like, Pastor, do you get into the Inquirer? I don't get into it. I just read the cover, all right? I just read the cover. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with Chris and Kim. I just, I'm just trying to, I really want to stay up to date. I've got to be a relevant pastor, and so I need to know what, what's, the, what's the new story and what, what can I believe. And, uh, but do you and I really want to do, like, so, so the excuse could be, but Ben, everybody does relationships like this. Okay, one question, not, not a directive to you, just one question. Do you want to do relationships like you see everyone else doing relationships? Don't name them out loud, but think about that coworker real quick. Like this week, you're gonna hear about their weekend. And you're gonna say, An- another guy? Like, yeah, so-and-so did. Do you really want to do relationships like everyone else does relationships? Do you want to have the average relationship? Do you want to be committed to a status quo relationship? I know what everybody else does. I know what I've done. Doesn't mean I want to pursue that as the, as the standard. Doesn't mean that that's what I want to be into. I, I get that, but I don't want it. See, marriage, we've got to remember this. Again, it may seem basic, but God designed marriage. It, didn't, it wasn't designed by the government. It, it wasn't designed by, by Cupid. Uh, Romeo and Juliet, right? Uh, whatever your favorite monster ballad is, by the way, feel free to give that to me right now. Your favorite thing, like you can close your eyes and you can feel romantic even about the ugliest person in the room. Go, go ahead. Nothing? Come on, monster ballad, give it to like best of all time. What's a monster ballad? My goodness, my goodness. I'm, I'm gonna send you some. Just email the pastor. I will give you like $5 worth of iTunes full of monster ballads this week. Just email me. I mean, we could go monster ballads or we could go the whole boys to men genre, which, I mean, Guys, if you, I mean, I know you have to go back to my childhood, but if you want to sweep a lady off her feet, um, <laughs> acapella, I mean, what? So, so we, don't, we, don't look to, we don't look to how other people are trying to design what marriage should be like if we have the opportunity to look to the designer himself. Like if, if you're going to get something from somebody and they created it, they know how it works best. I mean, if, you, if an instruction book's okay, but what if you have access, like you're dealing with something, you've got a piece of technology, and all of a sudden the guy's coming to San Francisco who invented it, you have a chance to sit down with him. Or are you going to go, no, I, I think I've got a better plan for your technology that you created out of your own brain. And yet God has given us Design. Here's what Tim Keller says in his book, The Meaning of Marriage. I'm reading it right now, not through it, but I'm reading it. It's very good. If you guys know me, you know I'm a big Keller fan. Here's what he said about this, real simple. If God invented marriage, then those who enter it should make every effort to understand and submit to his purposes for it. If God invented it, then we should make every effort to understand and submit to God's purposes for it. I want to introduce you, or rather reintroduce you, if you were here last week, to a few images, especially in this relationship talk. So in the, there's going to be an image come up, and in the middle, go ahead and bring it up. In the middle, is, it represents what our life orbits around, okay? And so whatever, you'll see a few more images in a moment. Keep this one here. Whatever you see in the middle, what I'm saying is this is what our lives orbit around. And when it comes to relationships, many of us are right here. That life orbits around us. Now, now, what you might say is, okay, Ben, people that are doing that, they're probably not still married or they're not still dating, but here's what's crazy. You could be at any relational stage and this still be true. You could be married to someone for 20 years and still you be in the middle, right? In fact, I would go even so far to say that some of you aren't in a relationship right now because you're in the middle. Because you just haven't found anyone else that wants to put you in the middle of their own existence, Right? 
It's true. And so some of us are right here when it comes to relationships. And when this is your reality, when this is true for you, you will only get into a relationship for what you alone can get out of it. If this is true. What is also true is that you only make commitments and keep commitments that benefit you. I wish all of you could look into the eyes I'm looking into at the moment. Man, I'm just going to look down in a moment. Like, so God said, yeah, this is big. You will only make and keep commitments when it benefits you if you're in the center. And I want to put this statement on the screen. Relational faithfulness will never be a part of our lives if we only enter and remain in relationships for what they can do for you. I, I know the message from the world. I understand it. I know what maybe even your mom's telling you. Mom can be wrong, all right? I mean, if you're still under her roof, that's another whole deal. But you will only make and keep commitments if it benefits you. And man, can't we give the world something better than that? Can't we give our significant others something better than that? Doesn't Jesus model his entire life over this new way of showing and demonstrating love to people even when they aren't that way towards you? So a lot of us are in the middle. The next image I wanna show you has the word relationships in the middle. And, and here's why. Most of us will say, okay, if I, if I want to make the relationship better, if I wanna be better in the relationship, I need to remove myself from the center and actually put the relationship in the center. And that seems very logical. But the reason this always goes bad is because you begin to look to the person or the relationship to do what only God can do for both of you. And so you put this pressure on, I said this in the last service, my wife, we've been married just over 11 years, and I think at least nine of those years have been really great, right? And I'm sure the other two were my fault, I take blame for that, all right? You guys can tell, or maybe I'll get a cookie out of the deal, or something. Um, but there are times when I don't call it that, but there are times when I'm frustrated and I'm saying, you should, you should, you should. And what I mean by that is that, Shauna, you really should be God. I would never call her that. That's not a term of affection I have for her. But I'm frustrated because she's not doing for me in the moment what only God can do. She can't bear all of my burdens in the way that he can. She can't bring joy and satisfaction because she's not perfect. And you need to check this out. Even if you only had two or three dates, you need to know that the person that you're gonna be involved in a relationship with, they aren't perfect. It doesn't mean you need to point them out every time they're wrong, all right? But they, they aren't. If you're gonna do the relational thing or even a friendship thing, you're going to be in some kind of covenant or some kind of commitment or some kind of relationship where there's two imperfect people. And some of you are going, Ben, that's obvious. Well, it is obvious, but watch how we play it out. Some of us have friends that when they let us down, our whole world falls apart because we really thought they would never do that. Some of us do. And so we go, well, let's do the relationship. But here's what I want to say. No human relationship can bear the weight of what only God can provide. And so it's very freeing when we look to God that we don't have to look to the man or woman to really be. They can still be the person of your dreams and not fulfill all of your dreams. They can do that. But no human relationship can bear the weight of what only God can provide. Some of you that are in relationships need to actually apologize this afternoon to the person because now you didn't know what it was, but you have some words, some language to give to it. And you can say to them, I was honestly looking to you for some things that you can't provide. Some of you who are single because you haven't found God out there, right? You need to be honest with yourself. Maybe look in the mirror and go, man, Maybe my list of 525 things they have to have, maybe it needs to be shortened a little bit, right? Because they're not going to produce God-like things for you because they're not God at the end of the day. So let's do this. Why don't we build our lives with God in the circle? And again, you say, Ben, but this isn't a vertical 
talk this morning. This is more horizontal. It is, but I believe if we have God, uh, we can look to him for the things that we've been looking to other people for, things they can't provide. But guess what? God can bear the weight of it. God can bear the weight of your biggest dream. God can bear the weight of holding you in your biggest disappointment. God can bear the weight of your grandest desires. He can handle that. He's big enough. He's good enough. And you say, but Ben, there are six billion of us alive on the planet, all with a lot of relational drama. He can handle it. He can do for you what you'll never do for each other. Even after 40 years of strong marriage, if you get there one day, awesome, but you still won't be able to look to him or her to be what only God can be for you. I honestly believe this is the best way our relationships work. Because here's the deal. In, In relationships, especially close ones, people are constantly going to be withdrawing from you, right? Some of us have friends like this, right? They're always withdrawing. You, you, you need to have a whole lot of sleep before you talk to them the next day, right? We all have that friend? Because you just know they're gonna just drain everything that's in your relational tank. Well, the same is true when you get into a strong, significant relationship or into a marriage. That person, as they should be able to, they're going to extract from you. And we think this makes sense when we do moms and kids because, of course, we have to, we have to allow our kids to withdraw things from us, you know? And so we're worn out at the end of the day. Shauna and I heard somebody say one time, and I think it's so true, at least half of it, they said with preschoolers, the days are really long, but the years are really short. I don't know about the years being short, but the days are forever. There are times where it's like, and I know I'm not even the, I'm not even the mom that's with them most of the day. I, I got all that, all right? But I'm saying you come home, you're just like, is it, is it seven o'clock yet? I mean, it's time to do something with these kids, right? And I've got great kids, love my kids. And um, I do, but it's, it's just like, so I don't know if the days, if the years are in, and then you get people with teenagers, they, they say, hey, really, uh, uh, like, you know, really focus on these years. They're going to be gone so fast. I'm like, listen, man, when we stop wetting our pants, I'm ready to, you know, maybe, maybe they will. All right. And I don't mean we, the collective we there. I'm talking about we, the children. All right. Uh, maybe, maybe they will. And make sure my kids do not see this podcast. Um, they, they attend the 930 service, so I can be a little more raw with you guys. Um, but, but, but what if we can look to God and, and, and God makes deposits in our heart, then we have more than just ourself for people to extract from, for people to withdraw from. What if, what if that could happen? And I think, to be honest, I think we've all got to grow up a little bit, but I think we've also got to be overwhelmed by the selfless sacrifice that Jesus makes for us. And listen, when Jesus is not going to the cross having moments of feeling attraction, okay? Jesus is not on cloud nine, as he's going to the cross, and yet the cross is the greatest demonstration of love our world will ever know. I don't care how many thousands or millions of years we keep moving forward. But he's not going, man, this feels so great. No, he's in a garden. He's sweating drops of blood, but yet he goes through with it. None of us in here will be asked to do that but if you want to have the kind of relationship that can, that can show a world that, hey, when God's in the middle of it, it can transform it, it's going to take that kind of love. So you need to begin asking yourself, how will you respond when they let you down? Because if they haven't let you down yet, you're only on your second date. And you better determine when that happens. What's reality going? I'm not saying that if you are progressing on the relationship, I'm not saying you don't need to get out of it or whatever, but I'm just saying, man, determine how you're going to respond. Well, let's get to some application. This will be the real fun part, all right? So I'm gonna try to recover, uh, to cover every relational stage. And so if you are this morning um, in a marriage where you're married to someone who doesn't share your faith, what do you do? 
first thing you do is this, stay. Stay, unless there's something abuse-wise going on or something else, and we can certainly talk about that. I think there's certainly allowances for leaving in those situations, and Again, we won't get into that, but, but first thing, stay. Second thing, pray. Um, if, if this is your reality or any, any, every one of us in the stream, I just finished a book called The Circle Maker, a book on prayer this week by Mark Batterson, pastor in Washington, D.C. That book is called The Circle Maker. Uh, I would love for you guys to get that book this week. I've made all of my staff order it. I would love for you to order it. If you say to me this week, uh, Pastor, I want to get the book, but I don't have the $6 for the Kindle or I think $12 for the hardback, seriously, call me or email me. I'll order the book for you. I believe in it that much, but he's just talking about praying specific. So if you're in that situation, if you're in that marriage or relationship, begin, make sure you stay if you're married, okay? Big difference, if, if you're married, stay. If not, um, and also in addition to staying, be praying specifically that God would do something in their heart. Third, with that person, demonstrate love to them. Now, feel free to keep talking about who God is and the change that God has made in your life and how he's transformed you, but don't talk about it more than you show it. Do not talk about it more than you show it. Otherwise, it's gonna be nagging to them. Demonstrate, remember, focus on Jesus. And then the fourth thing that Lindsay and Vipka have covered in a huge way, get involved in some really intentional community, especially with someone of the same gender. That's what these groups are great for. Ladies, if you're married and you're in this situation, you need other women that can pour into your life, who can pray with you. I think there's great power in that. We're gonna do that actually later this morning. Men, if you're in this situation, be wise about what you're doing with your time. Be wise about who you're doing it with, but make sure you get involved in some kind of community where some guys in this church or another church, the Christians in the city or wherever you live can come together, pray for you, be community for you, um, bear your burdens, those kind of things that God has intended for us to experience in community. What if you're dating or living with someone who doesn't share your faith? I just have one thought. How difficult will it be if you're trying to make God primary, central in your life? How difficult will it be if you're seeking to make God primary and the other person doesn't even have God as secondary? It's gonna be incredibly difficult. And, and, and no, you cannot use the pastor as an excuse if you break up today, all right? Well, I didn't want to get out of this, but the pastor, no. No, it's not gonna be the God told you thing either. You're gonna look that person in the eye if you're getting out and say, hey, we need to get out, all right? How difficult will it be? Just think about it. God's primary, your life's orbiting around it. Just think about it. Some of us are already in situations like this and, and we need to stay in those marriages. But if your life's going to orbit around God, think about how difficult will it be to be married to a person who, who, who doesn't even have God as secondary. Imagine the, the issues that happen when parenting comes up. You're trying to orbit your life around God and they don't even believe in him? Be wise. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying be wise. I'm saying be wise. Don't put yourselves in situations that are, listen, I have an amazing wife and our marriage is still hard to do good at. There's enough obstacles against good marriages. Let's don't add to them. Be wise. Please be wise. All right, now I want to talk to those of you who are in a relationship and um, you've just gotten to a place where it's just real casual and it's kind of take it or leave it. Now, again, if you're only six months into this thing, I'm not telling you you need to do what I'm about to tell everybody else to do, okay? Like, if you're six months in, let's, let's see what happens, all right? Unless you've already realized, oh, this is bad, and, I, and you just don't have the heart to tell them. Get the heart to tell them. 
Pay me, I'll tell him. <laughs> I won't tell you what the price is per word, but, uh, and there are some words that cost more for the pastor to say, for sure. <laughs> Here's the category I'm talking about. I'm talking about people you've, you've, you've gotten to know each other. Uh, you've kind of come as far as the relationship's gonna come. It's very casual. I really wanna say two, two things, two options. End it or marry it. But Ben, this works great. Think about how selfish this statement is, if this is you. I get everything I want out of this relationship, and I don't even have to make a significant commitment to it. Some of you are hating me right now with your eyes. That's why I'm looking down. But it's true, guys. Would God really bless once you've gotten to know a person, decide that you can get anything out of them you want and don't have to make any serious covenant commitment to them? Would God really bless that kind of relationship? Would he? I want us to live in blessed relationships. If you're single, the best practice that I can give you for right now is get yourself out of the center. Get get yourself out of the middle. Begin seeking to live a life where your life orbits around God and and you're trying to understand and, and get selfishness away. I'm just telling you, Shauna and I got married when we were pretty young. Some of you, San Francisco-wise, very young. <laughs> um, we were 23 when we got married, and, and yet, even at 23, probably especially because we were 23, it was amazing how many times I realized the first year, or maybe even the first five years of our marriage, that I had built my life around myself. It's really hard after 23 years, and you're like, Ben, but, and, and part of it is that what else are you gonna do, right? It's just you. So, so I'm not saying you need to go try foods you hate so that when you get into the marriage, you'll be ready for them. All right, I'm not saying that. Like go, go eat all the tacos or bar, whatever your thing is, go, go do that. But in your heart, and be, become committed to who Christ is and the example he gives us that he came here to serve. Become that kind of person long before you. Listen, the worst thing you want to happen is finally to meet someone who's like they, they, they make all the 525 things on your to-do list when it comes to a man, ladies. The last thing you want to do is to start becoming selfless, right? Like you make the first date for this Friday and you're like, all right, I've got five days. Start now. Start now to get yourself out of the middle, get God into the center. And some of you would say this morning, and I think this is great, that right now your relationship or your marriage is as good as it's ever been. Please take warning, take notice, take heed. Relational faithfulness today does not guarantee relational faithfulness tomorrow. Some of you know this from all too personal experience. Your parents had amazing marriages for 10 or 20 plus years and then one day you got the call. And you're going, how? Man, they loved each other so much. It's because we gotta keep filling the tank. We gotta keep renewing the commitment. We gotta keep asking God to bless. So wherever your situation is, I wanna just leave those application pieces for you. And hear this again from verse 16. When we read anything in the Bible, we should take notice and say, okay, what is God trying to say to us here? But in verse 15 and 16, God says the same thing in both verses. It's how 16 finishes. So I'll just go there if you guys wanna see it. Malachi chapter two, verse 16. God says this, guard yourselves in your spirit and do not be faithless. Guard yourselves in your spirit. You and I need to have boundaries in our life. And this isn't just for the married. This is for every single one of us. You better be clear on what your boundaries need to be and what they are. And you're like, but Ben, that doesn't even seem that dangerous. Well, it never starts dangerous. 
what crystal clear boundaries will you agree to have with your significant other or your spouse, or if you're single, with your commitment to God? What boundaries will you put in place? What emotional boundaries? What physical boundaries? What conversational boundaries? And if you're like, Ben, it's not gonna happen to me, well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It certainly can. And if you're not careful, it certainly will. I promise. I promise. I've seen guys that started their ministries with pure hearts, had amazing marriages, and today, terrible situations. Pastors that would stand on stages like this, go, here's what God says about relationships. Then one day they got too close. Proverbs is really clear. When we play with fire, we get burned. Be careful, guys, please. And I want to finish the message this morning by talking about something that I assume all of us are feeling and experiencing this morning, and it's this. Every single one of us in this room have made relational promises that we failed to keep. Every single one of us. We said, I do, but we didn't. We said, I'll never hurt you again, but we did. We said, I will never leave, but we left. We said forever, but it wasn't. What about those of us? Well, I do think it's all of us in some, some larger scale, some smaller scale. I wanna give you the mantra we say a lot around here and we'll never wanna get tired of saying this, that because of the grace and really the mercy of Jesus too, our past doesn't have to dictate our future. I don't know that I have better news for any of us in the room than this this morning. Who you were in relationships. I mean, I mean, it's terrible, right? And so some of us are feeling guilt. Some of you have asked God to forgive you for the relational mistakes you made. And you're even in maybe a new relationship now and you're carrying around that weight. And I just wanna say to you, that's not from God. He didn't come to condemn you. Romans 8, 1, Jesus said, therefore there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And if you have confessed that sin and you've dealt with that and there may be baggage that comes with it, but know that God wants to take care of that as well. And just because you've, some of you in this room, maybe some of us in this room, we've screwed up a dozen times in relationships. If there's still breath in your lungs, and I hope that's the case with everyone this morning, that would be really bad. He's the God of second chances. He's the God of fresh starts. And he wants to redeem in some of you what you've never experienced relationally. He wants to bring that to bear. And some of you are going, but Ben, I've got to guard myself. I got hurt so much or I hurt people so much, so surely God wants me to remain alone. He might. But 97% of you in the room are going to be married at least once in your life. I will not point out the 3%. Here's God wants to bring grace. God wants to bring mercy and it's at this moment that I want you to let the reality of the gospel of Jesus sink in maybe in ways it hasn't yet or maybe you've heard it a million, million times. You need to hear it this morning and it's this. Every one of us in the room, we are more sinful than we even know. And yet because of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus, we are more loved and accepted than we can barely imagine this morning. This is what allows our past not to dictate our future. This is what allows us to love imperfect people in our relationships. And listen, again, all the people in our relationships are imperfect. I know a whole host of emotions this morning. Anger, resentment, regret, guilt, sorrow, fear, desperation, 
hopelessness, hopefully hopefulness. My prayer has been going into today that God would just give me the gentleness and yet the firmness to deliver what I think he wanted to say to our church. And I've shared this enough with you, but this is not a pastor going, hey, I've got this perfect marriage, so um, by God's grace, God's done a work in our marriage, and I, and I hope that Sean and I can be the kind of couple that you guys can have your relationships modeled after. But don't look to us for what only God can give you either. We can't do for your marriage. Our staff can't do for your marriage. Your small group leaders can't do for your relationships what God can. In a moment, I'm gonna pray collectively for all of us. After I pray, Brad's gonna come up here and he's going to um, sing a song that he actually wrote on Thursday. So, so don't judge him, all right? He's <laughs> three days old. I mean, it's still kind of in the incubation period. It's a very meaningful song to me already. He's gonna sing, and as he sings, our staff is going to come and just line up along this space where we just do our communion and other things. We're just gonna line up over here. And if you would love for us to pray for you, we would love to pray for you. If you're having a great marriage, we'd love to pray for you. If you're lonely, we would love to pray for you. If you've hurt someone and need healing for you and them, we will pray for you. If you have no idea if you're ever gonna be able to make the kind of relational commitment, if you've not been relationally faithful, we wanna pray for you because we believe that God has great things in store for you relationally. We believe that. We believe that wholeheartedly. And if you don't believe that this morning, and this isn't because we have great amounts of it perhaps, but would you be willing to come and borrow some of our faith this morning? Could we believe things for you? Some of you just need to ask God to give you wisdom in the relationship you're in. You may come with your significant other. You can come alone. We just want to pray over you. And that's going to be our response. You just, we'll stand in just a moment. I'll pray. Brad will lead us in response time. And uh, listen, we would just love. We had a great opportunity over maybe a whole host of people in the 930 service. We just want to stand over here and just say, God, would you do what they think is impossible right now? please feel free to borrow faith from us this morning. We wanna pray. If you're married to a person who doesn't share your faith in God, we wanna pray for you. If you're headed into marriage soon, if you just got married and wonder what in the world are you doing, welcome to the club. But we wanna pray for you. We wanna ask God to do what we believe he can do. God's done a work in our hearts in regards to my relationship with Shauna. I know the staff personally enough that I can tell you God is doing a work and has done a work in their lives as well. We're all trying to figure it out. And just so you know, when we get together with our spouses, especially when it's the guys and the girls together, the guys are going, how, how do we become better? How do we come, become better men, better husbands? And so we're, we're with you. And as we pray for you, we're praying for our own marriages as well. So I'm gonna pray. Would you guys stand? After I pray, Brad will lead us. And our staff would just love to have the privilege. Don't worry about what are people going to say. Just remember, those are the people who aren't getting their relationships prayed for specifically.